I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Curzon Film Podcast. This week we are chatting about Olivier Assayas' new film, Personal Shopper. And joining me in the studio is the extremely personable Daniela Verrick-Tanidi and the personally shocking Harry Chapman. Hello to you both. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. How are we doing? Yeah, no bad. I'm not okay with that introduction. <laughs> Would you rather you were personable? Yes, I, 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 could, I couldn't call Danny personally shocking. I'm not shocking at all. Yeah, uh, with the with the beard as it is, Harry, I think we can call you shocking. At yeah, the moment. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, this week, is, as I said, it's Olivier Assayas' new film, Personal Shopper, which finds Christian Stewart uh, as a celebrity's PA shopping assistant, uh, but also she's a psychic and is trying to get over the death of her brother and communicate with him uh, through the afterlife, as well as dealing with the most dramatic eye messaging that has ever been put to film. Yeah. But let's start with, as usual, our podcast pitch. So uh, this week I wanted to ask you guys, this film is called Personal Shopper, but the actual shopping for the celebrity is maybe not the the key characteristic of the film. So if you were to make a film about the relationship between a celebrity and their shopper and just going around and shopping, who do you think would be the most interesting film? Pitch me that film. Danny. So recently I watched Lost Soul, The um, Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's um, The Island Dr. Moreau. Oh yeah. Um, and I thought it was really entertaining and I thought it would be really cool to have a personal shopper for Marlon Brando and just see them interacting because he's like a very interesting character and very specific about Sp- what he wants. Yeah, yeah. He's ve- And is this specific Moreau? Brando or any Brando? Any Brando. Great. I want pre-apocalypse now Brando. Yeah. I want going to the donut shop multiple <laughs> times a day Brando. Yeah, that would yeah. be fun. <laughs> and I want it to be Stan Makita's Donuts from Wayne's World. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, yeah, that could be a really interesting insight into Brando because when you actually look at someone's shopping bag, you can learn so much about them. And if you didn't necessarily go into his relationships and family life that much and just really just stayed on the aspect of Marlon Brando shopping and what he buys 
that would be really really interesting yeah I'd love cool. to see them yeah hmm. Harry uh, so um, my pick have you seen that recently for, for comic relief Love Actually is coming back together yeah so unfortunately uh, Emma Thompson has decided not to do it understandably because of, w- of what happened with Alan Rickman but I'd like to give her her standalone film as her character from Love Actually where she's she's she gets rid of the kids she runs away runs to New York and gets herself a young handsome personal shopper with a very nice beard I don't know who <laughs> who would be cast as that. I'm going to let other Very people nice, know. very kind of raggedy, uh, unkempt <laughs> beard, maybe. M- maybe. <laughs> um, and and then and then she almost becomes the sort of Emma Thompson we know in real life, who wears sort of like, you know, snakeskin trousers on chat shows, and mm. it's crazy. And and then and then maybe she falls in love with the personal shopper. I don't know. I think the personal shopper might be in love with her but it's maybe not reciprocated. No, I think it's definitely reciprocated. I don't think it is reciprocated. I think, I think, I think her character falls in love with the person shopper <laughs> and they live happily ever after. And no one mentions and the age difference. The, and then the personal shopper uh, has an affair with someone at an office party and maybe buys no, a necklace. No, no, she no. We don't just have... It doesn't just repeat itself. She breaks the cycle with the personal shopper. Oh, okay, all right. And he's also has great fashion sense <laughs> and definitely doesn't wear T-shirts with just, you know, just animals on them all the time. Well, it's a style staple of this personal shopper, whoever that personal whoever shopper that, may be. Whoever that personal shopper is, he's got great taste. <laughs> Uh, right, for my <laughs> choice, um, I'm going for Patrick Stewart as my celebrity, mm-hmm. and my shopper is James McAvoy, <laughs> <laughs> and it's done in a mock doc way in that uh, Patrick Stewart knows that it's a mockumentary, but James McAvoy doesn't, and what? Patrick Stewart is leading James McAvoy uh, in like, trying to make him get more into character. <laughs> to take over the role of Professor X now that uh, <laughs> now that Patrick Stewart's done with it and I just want to uh, do it in a kind of Ashton Kutcher punked way <laughs> in that Patrick Stewart will kind of lead McAvoy into um, I don't know something like Selfridges and go up to counters and be like oh, I, I, my friend he needs some some hair removal cream and Patrick Stewart kind of actually putting hair removal cream on James McAvoy's head in the middle of Selfridges and just making him wait there until he can just shave his head in the middle of the shop and doing loads of these things as James McAvoy gets more and more confused. So, so why does James McAvoy stay for this? Because uh, he he's, a, he's a serious actor and if Patrick Stewart is giving you an acting lesson, no matter how insane it is, <laughs> you're going to stay, aren't you? Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like the role is vacant now, isn't it? I think he need he needs to do it. He needs to step up. He needs to go full Stuart. Full, full Stuart. Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, McAvoy is my shopper to Stuart's celebrity. That's my pitch. Right, who's getting funding this week? I'm going for Jake's. Oh, that's nice. Sorry. I was going to go for Danny's. I was going to go Brando as well because oh, yeah, okay. it actually sounds like a plausible. Yeah, yeah, thing. it sounds like a thing. Oh. Yeah. Rather than a man yeah. falling in love with someone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, the, and that new trend of biopics not really being biopics, yeah. but finding a little moment in people's lives to uh, get some insight on them. And I feel like Shopping with Brando mm. coming 2018. Has that title. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, all of that talk about personal shoppers sounds like we should maybe talk about something. Um, so, 
Olivier Assayas' personal shopper, which is uh, which is out now. It's got Kristen Stewart as uh, as we mentioned as a shopper for a celebrity, but also dealing with the death of her brother and perhaps trying to communicate with him uh, in the afterlife. Uh, I I really loved this film. I saw it I saw it last year at uh, London Film Festival. I got up quite early to watch it. It was on at something like half eight in the morning, and I remember reading coverage of it when it premiered at Cannes but I didn't want to read too much about it uh, so I kind of had a rough idea of what the reception was but not a huge idea of what it really was about and so I'm in there at half eight I'm a bit tired um, and I can't quite remember what I'm in for and then you've got Christian Stewart walking up to these gates it's called Personal Shopper maybe it's this meditation on celebrity and fame and uh, isolation and obviously Kristen Stewart would be perfect for that because she's a superstar. And then she walks up to these gothic gates and in these blood red letters it just says personal shopper. And it all comes rushing back that this is actually, of course, a ghost story in a horror film. Mm. And I love that um, as a nice little surprise. And so the whole film um, just kept me riding that wave of nice surprise throughout the whole time. Yeah. I, I kept... I was... I kept trying to understand, like, what's the genre or what, like, what is this film? Because I didn't know much about it before I watched it. Um, but it kept, like, it, it didn't go the way I thought it would be. And the genre seemed to, like, blend a bit. Because it's not, I don't think it's just, like, a horror film. No, it's just, like, mm, no. You look up any review or definition of the film on Wikipedia or IMDb or something, it's a psychological thriller, it's mm. a ghost story, it's a horror film, It's it can be any number of things. Mm. I, at no point do you feel that there is one set genre that this film is. Yeah. It could also be a drama. Oh yeah, re- yeah it's 100% drama. Yeah. I think I, I really enjoy how how modern it it is and how, how contemporary it is and I, I'd be really interested to see how it ages I think that would be a really interesting thing to mm. in 10 years time to go back because so much of it is 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 on a phone and so much of it is sort of international travel and that and that is a really sort of like of the moment thing like people sort of travelling for work that wasn't like as as a not a massively well paid person and still being able to do it yeah um, so it, it just feels incredibly like of its time and I think that that's really interesting to bring that to sort of a modern sort of horror ghost story yeah, type I'm, type film. Mm. A lot of the time, horror do horror films do feel like period pieces, yes, don't they? Yeah. Uh, even if they are modernised, they tend to be a closed setting or something like that. That yeah, does, technology the res- fails yeah, or you know exactly. whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, right. So and. Uh, I actually spoke to uh, Olivia Assayas, the director of the film, about this very thing uh, and about the reception that the film got at Cannes when it was booed, but then he won Best Director and then he got five-star reviews and dealing with that and also the choice of the title card, which I loved, and uh, all of that is in the interview with him that we've got, which I'll be playing right now. So we are delighted to be joined by Olivier Assayas, director of Personal Shopper on the Curzon Film Podcast this week. How are you doing today, Olivier? Good, thank you. Excellent. And um, you've just given us a an intro to the film at Curzon Soho with a wonderful intro, with a wonderful answer to the question, um, more, more than we expected. And so I'm hoping that we can get just the same now. And so with the film, with people saying it's a ghost story or a horror film or a psychological thriller, there's a lot of different definitions for it. With any of those categories, 
it's always the dilemma between the unseen and the seen as to what is actually going to strike fear or dread for people. When you're creating the film, where did that dilemma come for you? Well, it's... Um, I, I, I think I... Um, I'm, I'm trying to first draw a straight line and, uh, and uh, this movie ultimately can be summed up as... Uh, some sort of coming of age story, you know. It's it's. I I focus on characters. I make character driven movies, even if they turn out, you know, weird <laughs> sometimes. Uh, but 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 I think you know it's it's. Uh, uh, I think that what makes all the, the 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 dots connect is that we are following this character who has to Maureen, this young American girl in Paris, who who basically has to reconstruct herself, reconstruct her life after the devastating loss of her of her twin brother, and it's. I but but the thing is that I don't want to tell that story in a superficial way. I'm trying to 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 be able to capture what is going on within her uh, on many different levels, um, and um, and it's also uh, in that sense uh, a movie very much about solitude because she's a stranger in a strange land doesn't have that many friends, doesn't belong there, uh, but she's, uh, but, but simultaneously she, it's modern solitude in the sense that it's an ultra-connected solitude and she, uh, uh, she, she, uh, she's a psychic, she's a medium, so she, 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 she's waiting for a sign to come basically out of nowhere. Uh, so she lives in a world that's populated by. That's uh, she's ultra sensitive to what is happening around her, and she reacts to signs. Eventually, signs that are not from <laughs> um, her brother. She's waiting for a sign from her, from her brother, but she, but uh, signs coming from all around her. So it's uh, what, what I, but ultimately what I am trying to say is that I don't approach movie making in terms of genre. Uh, I, I use genre elements when I need you know, them the, the same way as a painter would splash a color on a canvas because he needs that color at that specific point. He doesn't need to paint the whole canvas red. So you know, I, I, I think that I, uh, uh, I use, I'm, I'm trying to use the full language of cinema. I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm trying to not to limit myself to one, to, to a simple syntax. I'm trying to, 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 to use all the colors that are available when you're telling the story and hopefully they help me connect in a, more, in a deeper way with, with that character. And I think a lot of the time with a genre film like this, the 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 horror aspect of mm. it may well be at the end of it you're thinking oh it's it's metaphorical completely mm -hmm. or it is physical mm -hmm. um, but this film never draws a line between either no. which is something I really liked about it no I, I, I what, what 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 was interesting for me was to make a film in a space of, you know that where there are doors between visible and invisible, and the characters circulate through those doors. And I kind of established it very early in the film. And it's 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 really the major difference between other movies I made because I've made other movies which dealt with genre elements in many ways. Here, it's about imagining a world 
which is pretty much like our world, but where eventually you have access to somewhere else, which, which, which can be eventually your own subconscious. It's eventually a dialogue you're having with yourself, but in ways we don't exactly have that dialogue, at least that, not that openly. Yeah, and you mentioned doors there. There's a uh, one of my favorite bits, just in terms of a, a basic horror convention, mm-hmm. was is the sequence where just elevator doors and mm-hmm. then the door of a building open mm-hmm. and no one's there. And that's such a basic horror element, mm-hmm. but it's just so satisfying <laughs> at the same time. Did you find that when you're approaching those moments of convention, for you, there's a certain relish to it as well about how you can also do... Well, because... because it, uh, Honestly, I think it has to do with the fact that it uh, it pleases the audience to put it, to put it that way. I, you know, I, I think that movies have to be uh, entertaining in a in a certain way. And and I'm, I'm, I and, but I suppose I have a strange notion of what entertainment is. But still, I think you know, I think the way the film moves and when it goes into you know strange direction, there there is something exciting. For me, as a viewer, you know, when I watch movies, and I don't know which, which, where, where it's going to go, and when, and, and it turns into a strange direction. I think there, you know, there is something stimulating. There's something like, a, oh wow, you know, this is not what I expect. So where, where, where are we going? And when, when you're watching a film, you're, you're ready to go on a journey. And uh, I'm, I'm, I suppose I'm playing on that desire. Mm. And, like kind of talking about subverting of where we're going to get these mm-hmm. this kind of dread from. Mm. I never expected to be so affected by texting mm. in mm. a film. And it made me think that these days we almost have these kind of hundreds a day moments of the unknown, just mm. as your phone buzzes in your pocket because mm. you don't know what's on the end of it. Yeah. And the film really plays into that mm. wonderfully. Yeah, because we all relate to that. It, it's become part of our lives. You know, I, I, I think that uh, the, the whole dynamics of texting and uh, of receiving and sending text messages is very complex and, 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 uh, and it's become a part of who we are and how we communicate, how we, how we stay in touch, in connection with, with our friends, our relate, relatives, whatever. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting dimension of modern life. So anything that has to do with texting is, 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 is pretty intimate. And I think Maureen's closest relationship mm-hmm. in the film is arguably with her phone. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course it is. I mean, you know, she, 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 one day she told me, you know, I don't think I'm not aware that my thumbs are my co-stars. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, and kind of on that topic of technology, the film got me thinking about the fact that now and in 10, 20 years, mm-hmm. 50 years, Facebook and Twitter are just going to be filled up with a lot of dead people now. Yeah. Like, 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 like movies. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I wonder how you think maybe social media or technology and how you address that in this film, how that's changed the way we maybe perceive the dead and you uh, know, the way we grieve. Uh, well, you know, you know the, 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 the thing is that um, what I'm interested in ultimately is how... Uh, the new world of communication has transformed us, has changed the human experience, you know, how it echoes within, within human beings and how they become different. And I genuinely think that post-digital <laughs> individuals are different from pre-digital. I'm, I'm both. I'm pre-digital and post-digital, so I know. 
but it's um, but also what I'm aware of is that nothing ages as fast as uh, technology mm. and uh, and espe especially communication technology so when 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 I, when I make a film where I use extensively uh, text messaging and uh, whatever however way people interact interact with the internet I know that it's, that it's going to be dated very, very, very soon because because those things evolve at the speed of light uh, so I'm so I'm, I'm so I'm I'm kind of uh, uh, I'm, I'm also careful in that sense to keep it uh, as uh, clear and simple as po as possible and not and not exactly uh, and and to um, rely on very specific dynamics of what is that form of communication right now mm. because oftentimes people are, are so aware of technology mm. developing they avoid it completely yeah. and actually when you're watching a film that is actively doing that mm. you you're actually taken out of it a bit. Yeah, to, to me it's extremely weird. You know, it's extremely weird. To, I mean, as a writer, as a, as a writer, it's very difficult to, 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 to make a film, to, to create a fictional character that is not part of him defined by the way he communicates. Because that's uh, what, uh, what has come to define a, a lot of, of, of social existence. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, Going to uh, Kristen Stewart and her co-star, her thumbs. <laughs> uh, so when you when you cast her in Clouds of Sils Maria, that's I mean at the time it was just post Twilight and mm. so considered fairly risky. Mm. But in the years since then, mm. that's it's now no longer the case. Yeah, no. like, how do you think that perception has changed? What do you think's happened there in the public eye? Uh, I, I I think you know I've always thought. Kristen was brilliant. I mean, you know, I saw her in a couple of the Twilight films, but I also saw her, you know, in this small part she had in uh, Into the Wild, the, the Sean Penn film. I thought she was brilliant. Uh, I saw her in this uh, movie on uh, The Runaways, the band, where she was playing like a jo young Joan Jett. I thought she... I, I thought she was extraordinary. I think the way she captured that kind of punk rock energy was so real. I mean, you know, for someone who was not there, and uh, so I, I've always respected her a lot as as an as an actress. Um, so when 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 I you know I uh, wanted to cast uh, the character of Valentina, I mean, she was obviously my first choice. So it was there was no but but the difference is that I think I understood who Kristen really is during the process of making the film. It's when we were shooting uh, Clouds of Sils Maria that I realized that Kristen was not just a really good actress, she was something else, that she was really unique. And I think in that sense that I've been, I've been like the right person in the right place at the right time uh, in a sense that I think all she needed was someone to give her the kind of space I gave her and I gave her the kind of space an actress has in a European independent film you know it's a, it's it's just it's, it's just a way of making movies that is much more actor friendly mm. uh, than a Hollywood filmmaking yeah. where she has been kind of stuck so so all of a sudden you know I am the one who has been able to tell her it's okay to be yourself you know, it's you. You don't. I'm, I'm not interested in you as an actress. I'm interested in you as a person, so you can play with that. Mm. And and so all of a sudden, you know, she. I, I think it kind of uh, 
lit the spark and she realized that yes it was okay to do that and she 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 enjoyed it she enjoyed it and and, and also i think working with juliette binoche was a part of it I, I think she admired Juliette, and one of the reasons she wanted to make Clouds of Sainte-Marie is because she wanted to work with Juliette, because just to understand how she works and uh, how she uh, how she she manages to 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 have that kind of freedom, uh, and uh, so so I think she learned a lot, and 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 I think that people through that through that part saw someone they were familiar with, but ultimately did not know. Mm. And, uh, and uh, all of a sudden, they realized she was actually likable, which is, <laughs> because, you know, she, she, she had this image, like she, was, she would never smile, and she's kind of sulking. And so, you know, the, there was that distance. But ultimately, I think, it's all, it's, it's, I think that Kristen is really shy. And, and again, you know, no one gave her a chance. So I, I, I was lucky to be the, the one who gave her that chance. And you mentioned that in the, or when working with her, you're trying to get her to be herself. Mm. And I wonder how much that helped in this role in that she's kind of got, as the personal shopper, she mm. has a kind of a unique relationship with celebrity mm -hmm. in that instance. Yeah. With, she's kind of on the fringe of it yeah. perpetually, but yeah. never really accessing it. Yeah. And I imagine Kristen had a, what, a unique approach herself to that. Well, yes, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I think that what I've been doing is, uh, I mean, in both movies, I mean, looking back on it, uh, the fact is that, you know, again, I'm not interested in Kristen, the movie star. I'm not interested in, in Kristen, like the superstar. I'm interested in Kristen, the person. So somehow, in both movies, I, ha I, I have to, take the burden of stardom off her back and throw it on someone else. Mm. Uh, so all of a sudden, the, the, the stardom is somewhere in the film, but not with her. And, and, and so eventually it helps, it helps you know, the audience to, 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 uh, to, have, uh, to, to, to connect with someone who is as natural and simple as, as Kristen can be. Mm. And um, so Kristen's character, Maureen, there's a there's a really lovely bit in the film where she watches a film with this kind of beautiful transcription from a spirit that says stars pull me up coffin nails grab onto my feet. Hmm. Um, I mean, how do you feel that 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 little or sentence there interprets the dead and the living for you in this film? Well, it's uh, you know it's uh, I think that there are two moments where I needed uh, to validate her. Quest. I mean, in the sense that uh, she is, she's this young girl who maybe she thinks she might, she may be a medium, but is not so sure of it. She has a lot of insecurities, and uh, I think that I I needed in this film to give some some kind of higher meaning to what she was she, she was she was doing through through questioning um, how art can connect with the invisible in the sense that she's an artist in the mm. film and, uh, and 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 take you know and pick examples from from the recent past to share how great artists have connected 
with the world of the spirits. Mm. And so, uh, early in the film, there is Hilma of Klimt, who is this uh, uh, Swedish painter from the beginning of the 20th century, who, uh, who, who, who invented, who was one of the inventors of abstract art, and uh, who was convinced that her hand was guided by spirits. And, sh and she made this, those beautiful, luminous, uh, emotional canvases. But she was so scared of the result that she hid them and basically never, exp ne never, never showed them in her lifetime. And, uh, um, and uh, 50 years earlier, Victor Hugo, the great novelist, um, while in exile on the Jersey Island, um, became obsessed with communicating with the spirits and would hold seances every evening and he and he he he, he had he wrote transcripts of the seances which were conversations with spirits and spirits of uh, great men from the past i mean like you know he was having conversation with uh, shakespeare moliere uh, socrates jesus whatever and it sounds kind of naughty but at the same time he was, I suppose, that he was in touch with, with his own imagina imagination, with his own subconscious, and it was more like automatic writing. And, uh, the, 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 I, I, and, and uh, when you read those transcripts that are collected in this book, it's beautiful poetry, and, and uh, I used uh, that specific... Uh, I mean, the, the scene I injected into the film I mean, is, is uh, a very... Uh, faithful recreation of uh, a Victor Hugo seance. I mean, you have because you have descriptions mm. of who was attending. He transcribes the, the dialogue with the spirit and so on and so forth. So it's uh, uh, I chose this moment because of the beauty of the of the of, of the words of the of the poetry, which supposedly comes from the spirit, but ultimately mm. is uh, Victor Hugo's writing. Amazing. Wow. Mm. Um, I just wanted to ask you about the reception that the film received at Cannes because mm. there was the initial booing but mm. then obviously you won Best Director yeah. and get five star yeah. reviews. Mm. How do you even begin to kind of comprehend that? Well, yeah. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Honestly, you know, I've I've I've, I've done every I've, I've I've been in Cannes like a million times. I, you know, I, I was there as a young cinephile. I was there as a journalist. I was there as a screenwriter as well as was there as a short film director. I was there 
in fringe selections as a director. I've been in competition many times, so I, I kind of know can inside out and. The number one rule is expect anything to happen. You know, <laughs> it's just you, you have no idea. You don't know. You don't know. So it's a, uh, it's a, but but the, 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 and 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 rule number two. Do your best to bring your film to Cannes because it's the best audience for any film, whatever happens. <laughs> and so yeah, I mean you know it's because there, there it's 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 uh, Cannes is exciting. Cannes is fun. Can can be extremely tough, but it's alive. It's like mm. vibrant, and uh, I've I've never really made uh, movies uh, trying to be consensual or try to you know to to do I, I, You know, in Cannes, don't bring a movie with genre elements. Just don't do that. <laughs> you know, it's a, a, a it's a, it, they, they feel it like a, uh, it's a provocation which is not, which 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 is which it is ultimately but still uh, you know it what what i'm saying it's rough but it's exciting it's fun and in the end possibly they give you a prize so you know what's <laughs> wrong with it <laughs> excellent um how, there's a question here that's more maybe just a bit for me than maybe mm -hmm. our general listeners um although it's only on screen for obviously a couple of seconds i really loved the title card and the placement of it in the film. Which one's already there? The title, when it comes up, Personal oh. Shopper. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and it just felt like the, the actual kind of graphic design of it, the font choice, everything. Mm. It's uh, like sleek, modern, minimal, but then it's this, the text before it has all been white, and then you just get this lovely kind of shocking mm. blood red. Yeah. And mm. I wonder whether you could give me any insight into like picking... Titles uh, and like whether you've got to try yeah, and think of your film. And yeah, it's it's. Uh, I you, you know I, I when 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 I was filming that shot, I had no idea. I was not sure I would use it as. A, I I had no idea where the credits would mm. be if I would use it for the credits. But then, you know, after when 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 I was in the editing room, I realized well, you know, this you you have this car approaching the gate opening. Why not put the title on the. On the on on the on, on the opening of the gate, you know, it's it's it could work, yeah, but uh, it's it's very I'm you know I'm very basic with those things and uh, and uh, and I wanted that the the title to be read. I, I wanted I mean I in, in and I remember you know my editor asked me why well, why you want red I mean it doesn't read that well yeah but it kind of brings that kind of genre element yeah to it so 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 that was part of it no the only thing is that we 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 tried different fonts as we always do we ended up with that one and and it kind of grew it was it was very small at the beginning. And, uh, and 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 gradually it became very big. Yeah, I, I love how it just completely <laughs> yeah, yeah. fills the screen. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw it at um, London Film Festival mm. and it was kind of, it started at something like half eight in the morning. Mm. So getting that, that, yeah. that was the that was like a nice cup of coffee. Just yeah. that, that giant screen filling yeah. red type. Um, anyway, uh, we're probably close to the end. So last question: uh, Have you ever seen a ghost? No, I have not. I have not seen a ghost, but um, I, 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 I think they are around us. I mean, I, I think we all live with our own ghosts. Uh, I think. Uh, I think if you are. Uh, 
I think it, it, it's 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 a strange way of uh, ghosts. The way I see it, they are a projection of us, of things that we are not completely conscious of, but we need to project. That's why we feel them. Mm. That's why or why they, 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 they produce this kind of anxiety or tension. So in the, in in that sense, you know, I'm, I'm, I think uh, there's ghosts. We we all have ghosts. Excellent, <laughs> Olivier Assayas. Thanks a lot for joining us. Thank, Thank you. you. It was a pleasure. So there we are, Olivier Assayas. Uh, there talking about personal shopper uh, just after a Q and A at Curzon Soho. He was on very very good form, uh, and as you can tell, he's very happy to expand on his answers and give you as much information as you like. I think his uh, one minute intro for the film ended up being about seven. Uh, <laughs> uh, but very very cool guy and uh, pulls off a old man cardigan excellently. Mm. As do uh, you, Jake. Thank you. Well, I'm not wearing one. I no, tend just to. Generally, yeah, <laughs> I do. I do have the one, the one cardigan that. And you look comes. damn fine in it. Thank you. They can't see it, but you look fine in it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I uh, going back to the film. That's so we've sad. got Kristen Stewart, kind of beginning the film in this old house that she, uh, that her brother died in, or was resident in and then died, uh, and she's going back to it to try and communicate with him I mm. uh, I really loved this this kind of opening opening uh, seance almost of her trying to communicate with this house because unlike a lot of horror films she actually is willing the horror to happen yeah I think she was because um, they're trying to sell the house to some friends just trying to get rid of whatever spirit there is in there mm. so that's I thought that was quite interesting that she's taking on that because her brother obviously lived there, her twin brother, and um, she's taking on the role to like get rid of that spirit. Mm. And it it happens quite early on in the film, uh, so I don't think it would be a, a spoiler to say there is a spirit mm-hmm. in the house, but mm-hmm. it's perhaps not the one that we expect it to be yeah. as well. It's um, it's just a ghostly old woman figure that's the, the ghost the rendering of the ghosts in this are, are really lovely actually they've got this cloudy flowery liquidiness to them as well that maybe we've seen in the likes of crimson peak or the devil's backbone mm, in there. but more subtly don't yeah yeah oh yeah they, they're very thin yeah. aren't they they're almost made a cling film as well mm. um quite photographic as well mm, mm. and this is, and from that was began my maybe my biggest surprise with the film as a whole when we go into these horror films of late where they're trying to subvert the genre but also be sincere with it as well there's off, they often draw a line of between the metaphorical and the literal mm-hmm. uh, and so I think of the witch in the first scene of the witch we're shown the witch exists and that that is yeah. R- real. Yeah. Um, and then maybe think of something like the orphanage or the Babadook, where by the end of the film you're thinking it's not it's it's a it's a metaphorical horror, isn't it? It's a metaphorical ghost or a monster. Yeah, it's, it's for it's done for another reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, and personal shopper never buys into either side of that. Mm. Uh, and 
there are things that are real that we 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 can actually see and are given physical evidence of uh but then there's stuff that we don't and through this texting as well that she's perpetually doing with someone we don't really know there is this blurred line between what is metaphorical what's literal and what we should really be defining as the monster on each side hmm. i also found quite interesting how how she took the whole the whole situation very normally so she was not questioning the fact about spirits or her being able to um, speak to spirits or anything like that she just took it normally and everyone around her seemed to yeah you know what I mean Um, I think he mentions in the interview that this this world is just has slightly more open doors Mm -hmm. Uh, and so that when she says that that's what she does and the way that she approaches those seances or whatever they're called really that there is there is a sense of that's that's perfectly acceptable thing yeah. to be doing so Kristen Stewart in this we we touched on the fact that when she was casting Clouds of Seals Maria which was Osiris's previous film she was just off the back of Twilight and that's a bit of, it was a, of a risky move at the time to consider her for a smaller indie art house picture uh, and in the three or four years since then that's that's no longer the case uh, if she's it was no longer a risky move to cast Kristen Stewart in your more challenging, quieter, slower role. No, well, we talked about it the other week with certain women. Uh, and, you know, you just expect to see her in these kind of films now. And and you expect her to give a good performance. And more than that, you expect her to actually hold hold a film together. Mm. Yeah. And she's, she has, I think, actually something like something like Twilight gives you that ability that she's had to hold a whole franchise on her back while people have a go at her for like every little move she does and saying she's not a very good actress and everything like that. So actually an indie film where it's might it's maybe not getting as much press coverage or it's maybe not being seen unfortunately by as many people means that she has the, the gravity to say, Well, you know, I've held something like Twilight and got through that and held on to that of course I can hold this film. Yeah. Of course I can be the star of this film, but but not overdo it and not be too big on the screen and not be... There's never... A, especially with this film, with Personal Shopper, there's never a bit where you think she's being the big star of the film. It just feels like she's being an ordinary woman um, that is just trying to work out what's going on in her world. Mm. And, and actually she plays... You know, it's interesting having the sort of having the character that she's shopping for, having that sort of big prima donna celebrity and then having mm. her go against that because that's really interesting from from her point of view because she, she would be seen as that big celebrity that would have a personal shopper. So it's interesting that she's playing the personal shopper. Yeah, and I think that gives her a, a more of a unique insight yeah. into that role. And so let's let's talk about um, Kyra, this celebrity that uh, Christian Stewart's uh, Maureen works for. And she's this periphery figure that it's such a ginormous presence and is key to the entire film that we don't really see that often at all and we we see uh, Maureen attempting to kind of vicariously live through her at points she stays in her apartment or hotel or tries on her dresses and and literally does her shopping for her as well uh, so knows what's in her grocery bag and as we said with Marlon Brando that's that's a great way to learn about someone and I think that's she's a really interesting figure. And initially, we think this is 
that's a periphery story and the the kind of brother and the ghost story is the key thing that we're yeah. looking at and maybe about a third of the way through we start to shift and Kyra and Maureen and the relationship with Kyra's uh, ex-boyfriend is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, becomes this midway point Hitchcockian uh, thriller for a bit as well which is which begins this remarkable sequence in the centre of the film in which texting becomes the most gripping thing I couldn't look at my phone yeah. for a while afterwards <laughs> just just because it's not just texting though it's the amount of text and it's that waiting for the next text and it's it's seeing what what the character is going to respond and how she's going to respond to these texts and it's 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 that sort of idea that that your phone has a has its own life and has its own ability to to shape your life and that that's the really scary thing because it's taking something that's incredibly modern and like you can pretty much be contacted anywhere now and it's and it's interesting that she you know she gets on the Eurostar and is and is still texting and things like that yeah that sequence was lovely i thought yeah. and the timing with because she's just on the train and yeah. traveling from one place to the other whilst texting and i just thought that was so brilliant and didn't expect it to be that well well done. It's, it's not often we see it because technology moves so fast it's the easiest way to date your film um and particularly with texting and recognisable software that mm. we see every day, multiple times, even 100 times a day. Mm. And so actually having that f in front of us, even though it will be probably new software within six months a year, in this moment, that feels so real, doesn't yeah. it? I think also the, the, idea of, the idea of texting now is that everyone does it, and I don't think that's necessarily going to go away in the sort of it might be a slightly different form but it's still going to be a message going from one person or hopefully one person to to a, to another so i i think actually it might not date as much as we think because it's still that idea of messaging isn't going to go away it's and also at the moment you have that sort of instant speed of messaging as well which i think is so important with that sequence that you do receive message instantly it's not like you have to wait yeah, a couple of minutes for a text message to send. Mm. Mm. Definitely. And um, then, as you say, she's on she's on a train. She's going to pick up a dress in London for Kyra. And she goes out of reception and then comes back into the country again. And then you get this flood of messages. And that's maybe the biggest scare in the whole film yeah. as well. Just so horrible. Mm. And it just ma it does make you think about the fact that each time you get a text and your phone buzzes in your pocket, just what that could be, and you have that brief half second, one second moment where you have that unknown quantity that is just sitting there waiting to be answered. Yeah, I thought I, th I thought it was interesting that she was replying to the text. I mean, because obviously I don't know, like I, if someone that I don't know was sending me the text that she received, I wouldn't reply. No, yeah, and these these are these are. Uh, intense messages that mm. uh, we are given to they're, they're quite violent mm. at times and they're, they're voyeuristic and they come from a place that give us the dilemma of who it may be and where these messages are coming from whether they're coming from a, a real person, whether they're coming from well, someone I, like, like her brother. I think well. that's why she replies yeah. because she doesn't know and it's that 
that a lot of the film is is is, qu- is quite hopeful, and like she goes in, she goes into the house initially uh, to contact her brother, in the hope that that will sort of release him and re- release sort of the burden from her. And I think that's why she replies to the text messages because she's she's hoping that something will happen, something bigger will happen. And it's this sort of idea of the of the sort of a lot of what she does is is incredibly mundane. Mm. But it's that sort of idea that there is something bigger and something greater out there, and that and that's that's why I think she replies at certain point. Yeah, but I think at some point that shifts a bit because he, I think the person that's texting her is like, "Oh, I want you." Yeah. Um, and then I think it, I think it becomes a bit more clear that yeah, it's yeah. not her brother, mm. and I think then it becomes like a bit of her understanding what she wants mm. and I think because he was questioning of who she is and what what she does then it's more of like oh you're scared you're you want this you want that and it becomes more like a personal discovery kind of yeah and it is it is in some way a coming of age film for her mm. um, uh, she is uh, a stranger in a strange land and she's lost maybe the closest person that she has to her in that space and it's complete isolation and her her relationship with her phone is something that allows her to communicate but also creates a humongous distance if we think of her boyfriend who we only ever see through Skype as well and the dresses that we own, that, uh, that she puts on, and we have those intimate moments where we see her changing, but she's trying on something that's not hers, mm-hmm. and she's perpetually in this state of removal from herself, and all her relationships are not directly with her either. Mm-hmm. And I think as the film goes on, it's not it's not damning of technology, really. I think at times it's, technology can be a great way of. Um, keeping in touch with people whoever they may be um, but as the film goes on she doesn't necessarily accept her isolation but begins to develop along from to be in the now and in the present as opposed to constantly defining herself by the more distant relationships and things that have happened in the past for her as well Yeah. thinking of how the actual the film itself has been made it's got this kind of woozy floatingy voyeuristic ghost-like camera at times which I think really makes a, a wonderful atmosphere in a number of the scenes uh, because particularly in horror films there are conventions and stipulations in editing that we grow to understand of when something's going to cut away and when it's not and because the filmmakers need to hide something from the audience to maintain that reality. It never feels like things are being hidden by Mm. the camera work. And I think, yeah, there are are actual points where we see certain things, and and deliberately so. It's never... There's never that quick cut from one scene to another, from her face to, you know, is it to something else, to then flicking. Because it's not that... It's not trying to scare you. It's not trying to sort of have scare after scare after scare after scare because that mm. I think that's probably where horror needs to sort of go down that route now because it's done so many of those quick sort of slasher quick cut movies that actually it's nice to have one that invites you invites you in and and almost you sort of go along with her where you're like I'm wanting to see I'm wanting to see the ghost I'm wanting to see what is out there mm. and I don't think you're necessarily terrified by it. You're almost half welcoming it, and and something like 
it's interesting because then something like text messaging, like we were just talking about, suddenly is the scary thing and not the ghost. And yeah. I think that's really interesting. And it, it's, it reminds me of, um, we met, we mentioned already, the devil's backbone and a lot of Guillermo del Toro's ghost stories yeah. in that the monsters are the people yeah. and the ghosts are just as human as anyone else. Yeah. Uh, and I think this it's perhaps true of this mm. film too. There is a actually a really lovely bit of uh, camera work with the elevator doors and the hotel doors that are mentioned in the in the interview when they just open by themselves and there's yeah. there's no cut into a close up yeah, yeah. to hide how they're doing it it's just this lovely wide shot and it's all open and they're glass doors as well so you can't see anyone how they're doing it it's just and it's just so <laughs> satisfying to see just just exactly what cinema can do in create wonderfully simple illusions yeah. and it's just really satisfying to see that happen mm. Um, even if, if it's just quite a basic trick and I'm sure it'd be like any magic trick it would be very disappointing to find out how it was done but it was quite fun there's, a little, co- there's a little compartment for the rabbit uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, it does play with the convention throughout the film and uh, that's that's what Asaya said about why this film got booed at Cannes because he said that if you're doing anything with any genre then you're going to get booed like if you're if you're not wholly original, but I enjoyed it, and I will happily happily watch this film again. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, right, so spoiler stuff. If you haven't watched the film yet, please stop listening now and return to us when you have. We've got a few final act things just to quickly brush over, um, and then we will get into uh, other recommendations for the week and what else is out available in cinemas and on Curzon Home Cinema for you to watch. So. What do we think about the the ending of the film? Um, I, I love the change of location. Mm. I thought that was I thought that was a really interesting choice to go to take her somewhere else and take her someone sort of somewhere sort of a non-western place because that's sort of almost weirdly that feels more spiritual if if, if you know what I mean mm. by that. That seems to have that still has that sort of tradition of of uh, you know of of sort of the dead and respecting the dead, so I think it's really interesting that shift in location that that they that the that the director chooses to take her on. Yeah, and it's also a bit like um, it kind of will always follow her, um, and that she can't r- run from it, and I don't think she chooses to run from it. It's yeah. just like it's just there. And I think that's that's what the film's comment on grief. Mm. really is in yeah. that you have this kind of intense desire uh, just after the point of death to to find someone uh, and find that person and find them whole and communicate with them and it's coming to realise that you're never going to have that two way conversation again but they are still there and I yeah. think that's the point that Maureen gets to at the end that she has her own personal ownership of what that person is and she can hold on to that and even if that person is there they can't communicate back with her properly anyway Mm. and at times the way that the dead communicate with us through through grief and memory is is violent and loud Uh, but also in this film it's actually it's quite tender and it's quiet and it's subtle and uh, it's just in the background and it's can create a smile and a memory and it's actually quite lovely too. Yeah. Yeah, also definitely. it's nice that it doesn't have a big 
it doesn't have a big ending. It's no. not there's not a big reveal or there's not a as as you sort of said before, it sort of has that it's on on the lines of sort of two two sort of not genres, two sort of um whether it's theoretical or whether it's in reality. And it never it never decides what it's gonna be and by the end it sort of it sort of just leaves it on quite a quiet note, which is lovely. Yeah, um, and there is there is a very small hint of a ghostly figure in the kitchen, um, which gives us all as much proof as you could want or not want yes. about yeah, the reality exactly. of this film, exactly. um, which is great. Uh, so Personal Shopper uh, is out now. Do go and check it out. It's a, a really brilliant film. Um, uh, also out this week is Asghar Fahadi's new film, The Salesman, uh, which is just off the back of winning the Academy Award for uh, Best Foreign Language Film. I think a lot of the time we were thinking it was going to be Tony Erdman, uh, but then there was the travel ban, of course, that was introduced, and Fahadi himself couldn't attend um, the foreign language film, and the tides kind of turned and we knew that the academy awards were going to be a very political politically aligned uh ceremony and then the salesman ended up winning which i think is really great um and i think it's brilliant to see a film coming out of an award ceremony like that with such a statement behind it uh and this led to uh the mayor of london sadiq khan putting on a free public show of the film uh on oscar night which was such a brilliant idea uh, and if you don't know for Hardy, you may know his uh, one of his previous films, A Separation, uh, from 2012, which again uh, Academy Award for foreign language film, and that is a remarkable film, and one of uh, Daniela's favourites as well. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. It's about a couple um, going through a divorce, and it's so subtly done, and it's all about um, them, how they're dealing with it, and especially in the society that they are in, and how the kids are dealing it, and people around them and it's just so subtle and so beautiful mm. and it's it's got a really really beautiful final shot and credit roll yeah. um, that it makes you think why do other films not try their hardest to make the use of all the screen time that they have even mm. whilst the credits are playing it's just it's a remarkable final shot uh, so for Hardy's The Salesman uh, that's out now and that's on Curzon Home Cinema as well as being in cinemas uh, so do check that out. Um, a wildly important film uh, with so much already recent history and context behind it. So really do seek that one out. Uh, also in cinemas still we've got, uh, which we've still got Logan, which uh, I think is is really good fun, uh, as well as being a neat twist on the recent city exploding superhero films that we've had. Yeah, it's not building buildings up falling down with Logan. Uh, I I'd, I'd like to say Moonlight's still out. If you haven't seen it, we talk about it pretty much every week. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do go see it. There's a there's a recent one, Best Picture. Um, it's it's really good. And and if you want to find out more about it, you can also listen to our podcast about it as well, which mm. which is really good. Our podcast with Oscar winning writer of Moonlight, Tara yes. Alvin McCraney. Yes, we've got that. We can say that. Can say that. <laughs> um, right. And there's uh, there's a few things on Curzon Home Cinema to check out if you've enjoyed Personal Shopper. So Clouds of Sills Maria. Uh, Olivier Assayas' previous film uh, also starring Kristen Stewart and Juliette Binoche uh, do please check that one out it's brilliant and also on Curzon Home Cinema is uh, Anne Fontaine's film The Innocence which um, our very own Sam Howlett did an interview with her uh, a while back uh, which is on the Curzon blog if you want to check it out but I'm highlighting The Innocence as a companion piece to Eda which uh, was on film 4 for the first time last night 
and my dad texted me about the innocence and he said he went to see this last night excellent in essence a philosophy essay played against the backdrop of the second world war in eastern europe delivered as a philosophy lecture should be without competing claims turning up without warning yes we are drawn to sympathize with the mother superior and her self-damning existential acts and her own internally imposed torture a film that was confident in its own belief to allow for the possibility of both redemption and isolation so that's a jolly romp and Fontaine's <laughs> the innocence uh, but do check that one out too he's going to be replacing me next week <laughs> on the Curzon podcast yeah. um, but I think that is all we've got time for uh, so thank you so much for joining us thank you to CSR for letting us use their studio as usual and uh, goodbye from Harry Chapman goodbye goodbye from Daniela Verrick goodbye and goodbye from the personally shocking Jake Cunningham goodbye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.